In this episode of Upper Calling, we talk about being flawed, but not failed. Welcome to Upward Calling. We help Christians develop a relationship with God by talking with the University Church of Christ evangelist Josh Creel and Dr. Kenny Embry. Listen as we take a deeper dive on a lesson from a recent Sunday service and help you apply it Monday through Saturday. How you doing, Josh? Kenny, I'm doing well, and I'm sitting right across my desk from you. <laughs> That's exactly right. We're doing this in your office. It's Today is a Friday. Both of our wives are going to go get kids at camp. Yep. So we had an opportunity to get some coffee and then to get the microphones out and talk. We really are in Seattle. It's raining. <laughs> We're having coffee. Rain won't stop. No, it won't. So what, what do you want to talk about today? Well, this is your podcast. I just I just come on for the comedic relief. No, what we what we had hoped to do today, and even why Kenny's a, a, at my office, is we had hoped to um, talk with Isaac uh, because Isaac's going to be preaching this this coming Sunday. We're right. as Kenny said, we're recording on a Friday. Um, he has been under the weather for the last couple of days, yeah. and uh, hoping he's feeling better and resting up, and it'll be ready to go on Sunday. But um, we had wanted to, to talk with him a little bit. Uh, but, you know, for my part, I'll just share for the group uh, that, that listens here. Um, I have been tremendously blessed by the experience of working with Isaac. Now, uh, I've been told by by many who have done internships that, you know, you will work harder in an internship than, than you know, you would anticipate. And, and that's true. You know, there's been a lot that Steve and JP and myself have done on a week-to-week basis with Isaac, but yeah. I tell you, it's been worth it. Um, that young man has grown. Uh, I'm I'm excited for the work that he's going to be doing. I I am thankful for the work that he did here because uh, he wasn't just here learning. He uh-huh. was here doing. He was he was teaching classes. He had. Uh, a number of of private studies that he would conduct on a on a week to week basis, um, and, and so he he's just been a blessing to to this group, and and I hope the group sees it that way. And, and I'll kind of throw it to you, Kenny. I mean, sure. What do you think? What do you see as you know from your position? What's what's the benefit of a, of a group like University doing things like this? Uh, there are a lot of benefits to it. I th- I think one of the things that most people who are in the pews. Uh, they often see the, the the evangelist on a Sunday morning giving giving a talk, but but the thing about it is, I have no doubt that that is the minority of the time you spend uh, and the work that you do. And I, I think one of the things that that is important for people who want to go into this kind of work, they need to know what the job looks like. And really, I teach communication. Uh, Public speaking is is an important thing to learn how to do, but when I teach it, I, I, I tell every student I've ever had, the most important thing you do is to develop relationships because people will not listen to you if they don't have a good relationship with you. And I, I, I only I, – I'm guessing that a big part of what he had to do was to learn how to work with people, not just you guys, but people in the congregation as well – and you know that when whenever you work with people, it it can get hairy fast. So I mean, one of the things you, you got to learn is how do you motivate people to do stuff, and uh, that's that's an important skill set, and it has absolutely 
very little to do with getting up in a pulpit and 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 elaborating thoughts. Did you see what I'm saying there? I do, I do. And and what um, I was able to pass on to Isaac is. Uh, when you have these issues you don't want to deal with, just make sure that you send them to the elders. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what I do here, and and he's going to have that opportunity uh, where he's going in Kansas City, which I, I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. You know, I, I it is a blessing because I've been in the position before where you're the preacher, there are no elders, so you are the de facto leader. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a very young man when that was the case. Mm-hmm. I had no no position or no uh, no right to be in that position and, and to you know have you know the congregation looking to me in that way. But yeah, yeah. I'm so thankful that Isaac's going to have the opportunity to to work under elders in his first work um, because he he needs to he needs to spend his time in the Word. Mm-hmm. That's where he's going to be able to guide people. It's not going to be from his own experience. It's not going to be from what he's figured out. So here's here's the word of God, and and that's the basis of it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also, you know, I'm just I'm I'm mindful too of, you know, what Paul said to Timothy. You know, the the words that Paul had spoken to Timothy. Timothy was in turn to to entrust those words to others, and it's just really wonderful to think about how that's been going on for. Now two thousand years. Yeah, I, I could tell you the people that helped entrust the word to me, and, and to have that opportunity to to entrust it to others, it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing, and it just reminds us we're some we're part of something much greater and much older than you know the university church or you know you and I in our lives. Sure, sure, yeah, and yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'm sorry to see Isaac go, but at the same time, I'm glad for the opportunity to see that he has. I, I, I think about the first jobs that I had when I was out of college. I learned so much in those jobs, and really, they taught me a skill set, but I also learned who I was and, and what what I actually did well and what I didn't do well. And I think, I hope that, that Isaac started figuring out uh, himself a little bit as well. What does he do well, and what what does he want to develop as a preacher? Because I think there's a I, – I know a lot of guys who go into evangelism, and if you were to compare any two of them, they're two different people. I mean, one brings one skill set, another brings another skill set, but one of the things they start figuring out is, this is what I do well, and this is what I'm going to start focusing on. So I, I think about uh, Mark McCrary. Mark is a close friend of mine. And one of the things that Mark does probably better than anyone is personal work. Uh, he's a fine pulpit preacher, but he's he's really good at personal work. And I I I I hope that Isaac figures out what is it, what is it that he wants to focus on. Uh, he'll have to do all of it. I understand mm-hmm. that. But but where is he going to where is he going to really shine? Does that make sense? Yeah. Could you help me figure out where I? <laughs> Josh, you are a very thoughtful scholar of the word. Oh, that's... scholar. No, no. I think we all know that's not true. All right, let's get away from lies and let's get to um, firm footing again. So okay. we, we talked about Isaac, but you know we had the opportunity here at university to hear another young man this past Wednesday yes. night, um, Daniel Lookadoo, and as I was telling the congregation, Daniel's going to be going away into a into a training program. It's only a three-month uh, program. Then they'll be coming back. And, In Alabama, and Lord, yeah. Yeah. And, and Lord willing, there'll be some opportunities for us at university to to help him in his continued 
uh, work and growth as well. So I'm really excited about that and, uh, you know, that we've, we've been blessed with these opportunities in this, in this last couple of years to, Mm -hmm. to help, you know, young men who, who want to devote themselves to the, the, the giving of the word, the speaking of the word, um, and uh, I mean, I'm just I'm impressed with both these young men. Isaac's a lot further along than, than Daniel is, but sure. again, Daniel's only been a Christian for a couple of years. And I know. So just to see what he did on Wednesday night was was tremendous. Yes, uh, and those of you who know him, uh, one of the things that he, he has a nickname it's D4, and one of the th- reasons that he has that nickname is all of his all of his male siblings are also named Daniel. So he is the fourth Daniel in his family. So that's why he's D4 and. Whenever I think about D four, uh, he has he has a just a wealth of scripture. Yeah, just at his recall. Yeah, um, does he have places to grow? Of course he does. We all do. And, and I, it from the time that he started that I first met him to what I saw uh, on on Wednesday, boy, he's come a fa- he's come a long way. Absolutely. And I, I am really really excited about what he'll be able to do on up in Alabama, and I hope he comes back. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's a few people that hope he comes back, but uh, <laughs> I won't. I won't speak any more about that because I, I might get in trouble. I understand. Um, well, he was he was a part of our summer series, yeah. and, and Kenny and I kind of thought that rather than going through a lesson today, we we might just talk a little bit about the the summer series and the thinking behind that, and, right? And what we're hoping to achieve, and you know, Daniel's <clears throat> excuse me, Daniel's lesson, uh, uh, and. I was the one who kind of uh, drafted this series, and, and the character that, that Daniel had, and he he did a good job of of relating this in his lesson. Ruth didn't really have no. moral failings, right? Not that that we're told about. I'm sure she had them, but right. you know we're not. They're not emphasized in scripture. Her flaw was something that she had nothing to do with. She she was born a foreigner. She was born a Moabite. Yeah, and uh, and Daniel really did a good job of kind of bringing in, um, you know, what that entailed, particularly for the Jewish people. But you know, looking at it from from our perspective, you know, there there are things that we get judged on. Some of it's our own doing. Some of it's not. Right. And so, what do you do with that? And and he, that that story brings about what God allows us to do and to overcome those things. Yeah, I've often thought that that Ruth is the book of Ruth is is misnamed. It really needs to be the book of Naomi because it it, it is <clears throat> Naomi is a primary character in there in that in that story. And if you want to talk about anybody who is flawed, Naomi is flawed because she has and, and with with just cause. She loses her children. She loses her husband. And then she becomes bitter. And that's, I don't know that I would fare any better, um, but but that's a problem that she has to overcome. And really, when you look at the person who fixes that problem, to a large extent, is Ruth. Here's somebody, here's somebody who has been abandoned by everyone. So she just decides, okay, here's my sister, my, my daughter's-in-law. Why don't you guys get out of here as well? Things are not going well for me, so why don't you guys get out of here? And Ruth's just not going to have any part of that. Uh, Ruth decides, no, I'm just <laughs> whatever's going bad with you, it's going to go bad with me because I'm not I'm not going anywhere. 
what a what a, an amazing story devotion and the other thing about that is yes yeah, she had a problem that that she was born a moabite my goodness the the idea that the that the lineage of jesus is built with character that is amazing to me because we we daniel pointed this out that the people who are not jewish that are in that bloodline are there for a good reason yeah and you know Daniel went to the uh, genealogy in Matthew, and you know I think some of what we say about the Gospels, uh, I think we say it just because we've always been told it. You know, so Matthew's written for a Jewish audience, uh, Luke is written for a Greek audience, right? Uh, Mark is written for a Roman audience, right? There's some truth to that. Matthew definitely does, you know emphasize prophecy a good bit, but so does Luke and Mark. And so, yeah, I, yeah. you know, I think there's some some things that we do there. But it's interesting that in Matthew's genealogy, he picks up those women specifically, and they're all of dubious background. Right. So you have um, Tamar. Yeah. You have, uh, of course, you have Ruth. Uh, and then, of course, you have uh, the harlot. Uh, Rahab. Uh, yeah, Rahab the harlot. And Jesus comes from them. And, and so it's, you know, even in Matthew, and if if Matthew's gospel is written primarily for Jews, Matthew's saying, oh, yeah, your Savior came from the world. Yeah. <laughs> he came from <laughs> what you think of as the dregs of the world. Right, yeah. right. That's exactly right. Yeah, and I, I, that is impressive to me. We, we, we were talking about this. Oh, I think in your Romans class, the, the idea that faith has always been something that has separated the people of God. These are people who had faith. I mean, talk about Rahab. And most people have a problem with Rahab because of her profession. But there was a woman who had faith in God, and she put that faith in action. So that's that's impressive to me. Absolutely. So when you you were the one who basically came up with this idea of flawed, not failed. What was the thinking behind that that series? Well, one of the thinkings was um, we're doing a lot of leadership stuff this year. Let's not do leadership. <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 do the the summer series on, on something else. Uh-huh. But and you and I have talked about this, you know, plenty of times before. If we're not careful, we we look at scripture and, and we we are blinded by the failures and we only see the successes, and right. so we begin to judge ourselves very harshly on that. You know, we look at a passage like Hebrews 11 that, you know, many of the characters that we're, we're looking at this summer, Sarah was the first one. Sarah is is commended in Hebrews 11 as she deserves to be. Yeah. And Hebrews 11 does not go through the failings. Right. It says, here's, here's what they did by faith. Right. But the rest of the story is there was failings there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what what the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews eleven verse six is, you know, this is essential for us to to one believe that God is and mm-hmm. that rewards those who diligently seek Him. And so you see in Hebrews eleven, yes, these people, men and women, did believe they were rewarded, but it wasn't just success upon success, no. triumph upon triumph. Right. There was failings all along the way. Yeah. And so when we look at Scripture, and if we're supposed to to gather hope from Scripture and to gather encouragement from Scripture, we read it not to excuse our failings. No, the failings are there. We, yeah. you know, we we're not 
making um, opportunity to fail just because we recognize other people have failed too. No, our failings are there. Mm-hmm. This shows us how great God is. God used these people. God blessed these people. These people triumphed because of God. We get to do the same. And mm-hmm. we're looking at some some people, you know, Joshua, hey, I'm named after the guy. <laughs> uh, but he he had some problems with with some some fear and some timidity. You know, Peter is probably his failings are, are known more to us than 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 many others. Uh, but you know, he's he's one of the bedrocks of the church. Yeah. Uh, Moses, you know, here's the leader of God's people. But all these all these people, you know, who are known and will always be known. They they overcame. Right. They didn't fail, and God didn't allow them to fail. Well, yeah, you're you're exactly right. <laughs> when I think about, I mean, Jesus even says, "I didn't come for well people. I came for sick people. I came for broken people. I came for people who recognize they need a savior." And and if if <laughs> you're in a very dangerous place, if you feel like you are, if you are going through a failure-free existence, that that these are these are not the all of these characters. Um, all of these characters needed a savior, and they st- they started to recognize that they that they did. Uh, and you just go through Moses. I'm, I'm sorry. You just go through uh, even just Genesis. Every character in there has has a sin, with the exception of Joseph. Yeah, we don't have any sin recorded about Joseph. But when you look at the life of Joseph, it it is it, it is to me indicative of it's 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 the life of Christ. He dies to his father, and then he's resurrected to his father. That 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 he 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 and he's he's basically quote unquote resurrected a king. That that he is now the king of Egypt, or one of the most important people in Egypt when he is revealed to his father again. Uh, boy, just just what an, an amazing story. But that said, I promise you, he had flaws. Yeah, I promise you, he had his own failures. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I was reading, um, I was in Genesis as well earlier this week. I was reading through the story of Abraham. Yeah. Uh, it, that will be clear as to why in, in another <laughs> month. Um, but, you know, you, you come to Genesis 15 and verse 6, that, that well-known passage about Abraham believed the Lord and it was counted to him as righteousness. righteousness yeah. But it's chapter 16, the very next chapter, yeah. where at Sarah's urging, they take Hagar and Abraham's going to have a child with Hagar. Yeah. Well, the child's name is Ishmael. Uh-huh. Do you remember what Ishmael means? I don't. The Lord hears. Okay. Got me thinking. You know, Hagar's able to to name this child Ishmael because here she was in the wilderness fleeing from from Sarah. Yeah. And the Lord heard her. Yeah. And so she names her child that. Wouldn't the Lord have heard Abraham and Sarah? <laughs> yeah. And there's an interesting contrast when you go to the story of Isaac and Rebecca. Rebecca's womb is also closed. Right. And the text says Isaac beseeched the Lord and the Lord opened her womb. Mhm. I don't know that Abraham and Sarah were doing that. I don't know. Either. You don't ever read about them doing that. No, you don't. And it's when Ishmael is born, it's like, oh, the Lord does hear. Are you asking him or not? And, and so <laughs> just those kinds of things. Here is Abraham, the father of the faithful. Right. But it's a journey. 
And that's that's the overwhelming thing you need to see when you when yes, there is the faith that's there at the very beginning to leave his father's house, to leave his country. Yeah. He's not you know what? If he had, had Isaac born right then and God had said, Now go sacrifice your son, I don't think he would have done it. Yeah, maybe not. He has yeah. to get to that point in his faith. It's a journey of faith. And there's a lot of failing along the way. Yes, yes. And it, it I guess one of the things when I was listening to that story. Uh, and I, who's the one who preached on Abraham? I can't remember. Was it? Was it? Uh, it wasn't. It was. Jonathan. I preached on Abraham on uh, Sunday. <laughs> but who, who preached on Sarah? Was well, that, was that Jonathan? Jonathan? Manning, yeah. yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I that I sat there thinking while he was talking about, but you left, and I was thinking, of course you left. She's ninety years old. She's going to have a child. I would laugh too. Uh, maybe not in a good way. I mean, right. <laughs> and I, I think one of the things that, that that I really appreciated about that was, I I think. They, Abraham and Sarah were helping out God with the plan that they knew could not work, except they didn't count on God could make that work without them. Uh, and I, I think about that in my own life. How often do I try to manufacture the plan of God so that his will works in my life, and I'm going to nudge it along? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what, what did, it, did they ask God uh, to open the womb? Well, of course they didn't. She was 90 years old. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yep. Yep. But I, I yeah, that, that's one of those things that, that I, I so put myself in Sarah's position. So anyway, I think this is a really thoughtful and well thought out series. I appreciate that we are highlighting the problems that people have yeah. because those problems haven't gone away. Yeah. I'm not looking for any 90-year-olds in our congregation to get pregnant anytime soon. But when you start thinking about how God uses fallible, problematic people to to accomplish the things that he wants to do, yeah, good. I think was, they're going to be talking about Gideon coming up. Yeah. So, and, you know, you think about that one here, you know, when the Lord first appears to Gideon, you know, oh, mighty man of Israel, he's hiding. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this Wednesday, and um, you know we we don't have favorites. You know, <laughs> just like just like a, a mother with her children, she does not have favorites. We do okay. not we do not here at university have favorite speakers and preachers. <clears throat> but 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 <laughs> I am looking for. I always look forward to when Dave Schmidt is with us, uh, and we are blessed that. You know, Dave's son and his family worship with us because yeah. that has allowed us to get to know him. You know, many of the people we have speaking for us this summer, you know, we've got some wonderful men and they are well known and for good reason. Ralph Walker, right. Don Truex, Don, Jonathan Banning, Phil Robertson, that they, they have a reputation that they deserve. They, they do a lot of good work in the kingdom. Yes. Dave is not as well known, but I tell you, I, he has never spoken here where I didn't leave thinking. Wow, that was that was tremendous stuff and very applicable. So I'm looking forward to Wednesday. I am too. I I, I appreciate the the choice of Gideon. Again, we could go back to ninety women, ninety year old women do not have children, and armies of three hundred yeah. do not yeah. win battles. Nope. Um, against uh, was it 122,000 or it was it was a very significant. It was number. so many that it dotted out the. I mean, it blacked out the plane in front of them. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was a bunch of people. So it, 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 it's a terrible military strategy. It just yeah. worked because God was behind it. Um, and when you, when you talk about uh, Dave, 
his son, if you, in case you don't know, is is Aaron Schmidt, and and his, his and Aaron's wife is Sierra. Two really great people that that we attend church with. So anyway, you're looking forward to that one. What, any others that you, that are definitely not your favorite coming up? Oh, oh, <laughs> definitely not my favorite. Are you are you on this list, Kenny? No, no, oh, I'm not. Oh, that, I like everybody then. <laughs> Well, that sounds good. I I will say we're kind of this week doing a plug for the the Wednesday uh, series, which is again flawed, not failed. It is a good series. I appreciate the perspective that's being taken here. There's a lot that we can uh, that we can learn from. Uh, we're going to be ending out the series with Don Truex, just a a really good guy. Again, not Josh's favorite. Um, <laughs> I didn't say that. Look, if he's not your favorite, it's it's hard. I mean, this is a good a good series of speakers, so it's it's going to be hard to to bomb out on any of them. Yeah. So anyway, if you have the opportunity to be here on Wednesday night, please take advantage of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And Lord willing, Isaac will be speaking for us this coming Sunday. If That's not, exactly right. you're stuck with me. That's exactly right. What we talk about next week, I don't know, but we'll figure out we something. Will. <laughs> okay. Well, Josh, I appreciate it. Man. Enjoy this, Kenny. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to know us a little bit more, you're welcome to watch a live stream service or join us in person at the University Church of Christ in Tampa, Florida. We have all of our information at universitychurchofchrist.org. Until next time, God bless you in your walk with God.